You are listening to Redefining Disability, an adaptive sports podcast brought to you by Move United. I am your host, Sean Butcher, and I have the privilege of serving as the editor of Move United Magazine, the nation's leading adaptive sports publication. Each week, tune in to hear how sports have made it possible for our nation's adaptive athletes, training tips from the best coaches and program leaders, and news on the latest technology, equipment, and trends in the industry. Mohamed Lana was born in Casablanca, Morocco, with PFF deficiency, leaving him without a femur in his right leg. As a young child, his mobility was limited by crutches or foam inserts made by a shoe cobbler. Despite his situation, Mo would seek inspiration from sports. At the age of 20, Mo was fitted with a real prosthetic and within a few years rode his first bike. Two months later, he crossed the Atlas Mountains, 1,550 miles of diverse train across the northwestern Africa on that same bike. Since then, he has swam across the Gibraltar, finished the Kona Ironman, earned a bronze medal in paratriathlon at the Paralympics, and much more. So we catch up to him to see what is next in his future. So Mahaban, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I thought uh, we would just start. Uh, you were born in Morocco. Yeah. How, uh, how long uh, did you spend in Morocco? How much uh of your youth and and growing up did you spend spend there yeah so i was uh, i was born in casablanca morocco i i i spent all my childhood adult like until i was 27 year old yeah okay yeah and, and so do uh do all the things that folks like me over here in the united states when we when we think of and envision morocco as this you know just extravagant beautiful amazing uh country is is it is it like that for you growing up uh actually yes and uh, i discovered that very late like i i grew up in a very modest uh home and we didn't have the chance to travel across morocco and uh my first travel outside of casablanca was when i was 24 years old mm. on a bicycle to visit the atlas mountain and I, I love it. And uh, Morocco is a very unique country. It's a small country. It has the Mediterranean uh, Sea in the north and the Atlantic on the west. It has the Sahara, the desert in the south. It has the mountains with the snow in the north. You have everything in Morocco in a small country, everything you want. And, and you, you talked about you know growing up. Um, for those that may not know, uh, talk a little bit about uh, your disability and how impacted you, you know, growing up? Yeah, so I was born with with the condition called the PFFD, uh, proximal femoral focal deficiency on my right side. And uh, so because I was born at home, my parents didn't know what to expect. It was a surprise for everybody. And there, there was like the doctors afterward, they didn't know what to do. They just told my parents to take me home and just raise me, like do their best. So... They just did that. So uh, the first early uh, days, uh, like when I started walking and running around, my my dad just took me to the local like shoemaker to like uh, adjust like the height with foam. And uh, as I was growing up, they keep adding layers of foam to match up the height uh, until it was impossible to walk on that. Uh, then transitioned to crutches, and I used crutches for a long time, playing with other kids' soccer. And uh, back then, I had crutches made made of wood, and I would 
break them so often because I play outside a lot with other kids. Uh, and so until I was like 12 year old, I got my first uh, prosthesis. It was uh, kind of artisanal, made of also wood, leather. I didn't have a knee or anything, but uh, it helped me walk and have my hands free for the first time. And uh, uh, my, my story, uh, besides soccer, uh, my dad is a taxi driver. And one day he met this guy uh, who was taking him to his destination as a client. And he ended up uh, to be like one of the first Paralympic athletes in Morocco in swimming. So he came home and I got introduced, we got introduced and he took me with him to the swimming pool. And uh, after that, I joined a local swim club and I started swimming a little bit, but it wasn't, uh, even though I had the ambition to swim more and learn more, uh, it was like one time, once, one session a week. So it wasn't enough to get faster or be competitive or anything. So I just focused on my education, uh, high school diploma. I got my degree in graphic design and then I started working. And while working, uh, I, 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 I got my first prosthesis with the knee for the first time when I was mm -hmm. 24. And then when I started cycling and, uh, from there, when I started cycling, just my life changed completely. Uh, I learned about triathlon and then start traveling to Europe to do some event there because we had no triathlon back then in Morocco. And uh, after seven years of work, did some few triathlon in Europe and uh, Tunisia, I decided to quit my job, move to France with, with France there and uh, lived there for two years while competing and trying to go to the world championship uh, in triathlon. And then moved to the US uh, after that, so yeah, it's a, it's, it's a quite a journey. I start late and I'm still, I'm still grinding and trying to pursue the, the, the Paralympic dream. So, but you were introduced to the Paralympic movement early on then when you, when you interacted with the, the swimmer, is that correct? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Okay. As I mentioned in Morocco, there is only one sport, is soccer. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> so of course you had to play it, right? Hell yeah. <laughs> And, and, and so, um, you know, when you, you, you started swimming, as you said, just once, just once a week, um, and that's obviously one part of the, of the triathlon. Um, when did you, when did you start cycling? What, what, what age or what range? So I started when I was 24 years old cycling okay. for the first time. And I started with just like, uh, Five, it was the five kilo, 500 kilometers in the Atlas Mountain with mm -hmm. um, uh, some athletes from France, MPT, and some from Morocco. And it was just a fun event. It was not a competition or anything. It's just like we'll go and cruise in for a week. Uh, and then we did a similar event in France the following year. And uh, I, I, I talked to a lot of people and curiosity toward triathlon started from there. And back then, so after 2006... I wanted to do triathlon, but back then my prosthetist and my doctor said I couldn't use a running leg. I couldn't run because I have I don't have a hip uh, joint, mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's it's too complicated. It's too dangerous for my back. So we didn't we didn't pursue that option at all. So back then uh, we started looking for a racing wheelchair and uh, to do the, the 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 run part, and then uh, so the running, the racing wheelchair was too expensive to get and uh we spent like two years trying to find one like 
cheap one uh -huh. from Europe, like we couldn't find it. And one day my prosthetist, he's, he's, he's a French guy who lives in Morocco, say, why we don't make it ourselves? So for me, I didn't believe in that idea, but I say, why not? So he was working full time. I was working full time. I had a friend who has a racing wheelchair. So one day I, I borrowed for him to take some measurement mm -hmm. of the angles and other stuff. And we started working on this project nighttime. Uh, like we just, nothing fancy, just uh, iron bars, some parts we buy from local market and stuff like that. And uh, after a month, we built uh, a racing wheelchair and it was so heavy. It was so like barely can move. It's like doing weightlifting with the racing wheelchair. But it was a big lesson for me to not wait for things to happen. I mean, do something, even if it's not yeah. what you want. And uh, we made it. Uh, I did few events in Casablanca. I didn't do a triathlon with it. But because of that, that project, somebody heard of it and saw me on the streets. And he helped me like find the sponsor who paid for a legit racing wheelchair. And then when I just told myself, okay, I have everything now. I'm ready to race internationally. Uh, I did some events. They were not like uh, the the uh, like uh, official under the official bodies, like uh, under the ITU. And then I learned that for me, if I use a regular bike, I need to run. They don't care, so I need to run. So I had to ditch that. I give my wheelchair to somebody else, and then I did my first event in uh, in Budapest using crutches. And uh, I didn't know. I just I just I just wanted to race with other people, connect with other triathletes. And uh, through those events, and also coming to the San Diego Triathlon, uh, San Diego, uh, the Challenge Athlete uh, event in 2009, I, I met with Sarah, uh, and uh, she has a PFFD like me, and she told me that I can run, and she showed me her processes and how we can make a socket that can work with my condition. And uh, that was that was like a crazy event for me. So we spent like, I don't know how many years trying to figure out the wheelchair situation and then start from zero again. I applied for a grant to the CIF and I got my first running leg and uh, started learning how to run when I was 29 years old. <laughs> wow. And that, but that's, that's the epitome of ingenuity, right? And the, as, as you said, the uh, don't wait for it to come to you or wait for it to happen. You got to make it happen yourself. Yeah. And you, and you clearly did that. And, and I mean, that's, that's phenomenal to, uh, you know, when I, when I have interacted with other adaptive athletes that, that are, uh, focused on the technology side and advancing the technology side, that's, I mean, that's exactly what you did is, you know, I'm going to make the equipment that works for me if I have to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so that's, that's, that's the epitome of ingenuity in, in my opinion. So, and so, um, you've done some uh, we'll talk about obviously your your experience with the Paralympics, but you've done some crazy events too, like the Kona Ironman. So, what uh, first of all possesses you to want to want to go and and do some of these really extreme events? Uh, it's just the curiosity, and also like uh, we. St I mean, I love triathlon, and when I first doing triathlon events, I just want to experience. Every I want to know what is triathlon? So you start doing some small event and then you go to internet and, and you want to learn more. And the Ironman is the word that keeps coming all the time. Mm -hmm. And what is Ironman? Is it okay? 
this much. So you learn about it. You, you learn about the swim and the bike and the run. And, um, and uh, I, I just want to do it and see what it is like to be, to finish an Ironman. And the funny story, like when I first started in 2008, I did my first triathlon. I went ahead and I signed up for an Ironman in 2009 in Switzerland. <laughs> it's so foolish of me. And back then I used the racing wheelchair. But what's happened, it was in Switzerland, Zurich Ironman. What happened is uh, I went there and then uh, the race director saw me with the wheelchair, bringing it to the transition. And he came to me, he said, you can't use a racing wheelchair because the run course is so narrow and I don't want to get other athletes, especially the elite injured. And so what I'm supposed to do, I, I can't run. And uh, this is the only thing that I do, triathlon. And then uh, we keep back and forth and then say, well, you know what? I will let you use the racing wheelchair after all the elite finishes the run. And they say, okay, oh, we see, because that was my first triathlon. I don't know. I didn't know if I would be able to finish at all. So I did the swim. I had a really good swim. I did the bike. And then I got there and the elite were still there. We're still like, so instead of waiting, I just, we had like this four laps around the lake to finish the, the full marathon. So I just took the crutches and I did the first lap of crutches. It was 10K and something. And then came and then I asked if the, the elites were in. So they're all in. I started the race in the wheelchair. <laughs> and, and the funny thing is after the 10K and the crutches, my back was so stiff. And I couldn't bend to push the wheelchair. I was so like, I couldn't, I had cramps everywhere. And I pushed like for, I don't know, 10 minutes. And I had to get off the wheelchair and be on the side of the race course because my back was spasmed. I couldn't do anything. So I had to wait, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes until it was okay. And then I finished the race. Hmm. And it was a great experience. That was my first Ironman. A lot of stories there. <laughs> yeah. And so how would you compare it to the, the Kona one? Because I... I've heard lots of stories about the Kona Ironman. Kona is just is one of the best experiences that any triathlete could have or ask for. Uh, just the whole week is just like a celebration of triathlon, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I I really enjoyed it. I have I had my son and my wife, and also brought my parents from Morocco all the way to Hawaii. It was a great experience for me. Uh, the run was brutal. The swim was really good. I loved it. The bike going out uh, was good. Coming back, we had strong wind. And I remember somebody in front of me like was in the air position. We had the strong wind. And all of a sudden, I see him like flipping on his bike. It was so scary. And luckily, it was fine. So I kept going, finished the bike. And the run was just like eternity. Like it took forever. Uh, it took me like 14, 14 hours to finish something like that. But it was, it was, it was a great experience. Um, I, I, I did it in 2014 and uh, it's something that I want to do again before, before I start triathlon. I just want to do this one more time, hopefully in the next few years. And, and of those three, the run, bike, swim, um, which one, would you say you're the best at and which one do you like the most? Maybe it's, maybe the answer is the same uh, of the three, or maybe it's two different ones. I think I like cycling more. 
Yes, I, I like cycling more. Uh, the reason why, because I feel like cycling where I can make a lot of improvements and I feel like I'm faster than a lot of people. Like I can catch up to a lot of people. Swimming is okay, but the run where I lose a lot of time. I enjoy running, but past 10K, it get like harder and, mm -hmm. and slower. Um, uh, the reason why uh, in 2000, uh, in 2017, no, 2014, I, I want to do like a, a Norseman is an extreme triathlon in Norway. And uh, they let only like the first 150 people to finish and the rest, they just finish uh, somewhere. And uh, it's very, very challenging course. So I went in 2014, I didn't finish the top uh, 150, but I finished the race. So I came back again with a strong bike and I was able to like have a really good time, finish the race and get, get the black t-shirt in Norseman. So uh, I just enjoy it. I feel fast. I feel stronger on the bike. Yeah. And, and what, what do participating in, whether it's a pair triathlon or an Ironman, what does that do for you? I mean, what, why do you, why do you uh, want to partake in, uh, in those activities? Well, I think, I think triathlon is just a way of life. Uh, I tried the last two years, I tried to do cycling only, and uh, I learned a lot. And uh, it was a good, good experience. There is so much to learn, but triathlon, swim, bike, run, and you can add strength to it. It's just like a, a way of life because it gives you that balance in life day to day. Mm -hmm. So you have three days of swimming a week, you have three days or four days of running and cycling and strength session. So you have this, uh, like you're always excited to go for a workout and it's not boring and it's, it's just healthy. You work everything in your body. Swimming is a really balanced sport. And you add that with running uh, to strengthen your bone and your muscles. And it's just complete sports. And it just, it makes you happy. And uh, also like having that consistency when you prepare for an event or, or an Ironman or even sprint triathlon, um, having sitting at the goal and training for it and having that discipline to train for that event you learn so many lessons that you bring to your life, your family, your work, and that helps you be successful. So I, I just think that it's a complete sport that helps you with other aspects of your life. Yeah. So it's also the diversity and variety of the, of the three sports. You're not just yeah. um, doing one sport over and over again. You at least get a little bit of flavor from this sport, a little bit of flavor of that sport. And, and the best part is you get to travel to very nice really nice places outdoor and you are like swimming open water in a lot of places and it's it's a it's really cool yeah and, and so uh walk us through the how you got introduced to the paralympic movement and and obviously i believe your first games was in 2016 right you went to rio uh so talk about how how you built up to that moment and then what what it was like to to be able to compete at uh you know the, the paralympics and the first one in 2016 yeah so in rio that was the first time that paratriathlon was introduced and it was an exciting event for a lot of triathletes around the world we were waiting for that event for a long time mm -hmm. and uh and all of a sudden when they announced that the field just grew so fast competition went up and 
I mean, which is good for the sports that people are aiming for that high goal. Mm-hmm. So, so everybody all of a sudden, like we have more competition, faster people racing with us. And uh, you see some people who've been racing triathlon for a long time, like were like getting slower or, or people, new people are faster. Uh, there is more investment in the sport. So a lot of things changed very quickly in our sport, which is really good. Uh, for me, I was back then, I didn't have my U.S. citizenship and uh, I, I, was, I, 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 I live here in the U.S., so I had to race for Morocco, but I didn't have, we didn't have a triathlon federation in Morocco and uh, I had to do a lot of stuff myself, mm. which is now looking backward to it with perspective, which is really good. It gave me a lot of freedom to learn a lot of aspects about coaching, about managing travel, uh, be your own advocate. Uh, like I was taking care of everything basically. And uh, so like I will get like CAF uh, grant to help me with equipment or travel, try to look for a sponsor myself. So it was a great learning experience for me. Uh, and I had uh, like a lot of things that I learned, but the goal was to perform in Rio. And uh, I would train very hard. Uh, my wife, we had two kids back then, uh, was working for us. I was just focusing on training. Uh, and then everything looked good. I was making good results. But in 2016, we had world championship two months before, three months before the games. And then for me, it was just an event to look at the details uh, and tune up uh, uh, some, some aspects of transition and racing. But when I went there, I had a really bad performance. I finished sixth. And it was devastating for me. Mm. And uh, I really wanted to have a good performance. So I remember in three months, you can't get fast swimming or running or, or cycling, but you can work on the details. So I went back home in addition to my training, worked on tra- transition a lot, worked on specific uh, skills for the Rio race, the turn, U-turns on the bike, the swim, exit with the waves. So uh, it was a lot of work on the details. And then also like when I went there to Rio, I went straight directly to the race venue, which mm. was far from the village. So I stayed in a hotel by the race venue going to the race venue every day, looking at the race venue, swimming in the open water every day for a week. And uh, that week just helped me build confidence that it's just going to be another training day. So I went to the race day, very relaxed, uh, very prepared. And I just had the, the, the race of my life there. And I finished with bronze there. Yeah, exactly. I was going to, I was going to make sure I mentioned that. <laughs> ended up with the bronze medal. Uh, yeah. at that at that games and then so leading up to 2020 what was your thoughts and expe- expectation and I, I assume between 2016 and the 2020 games you you also got the your u.s citizenship right so after rio um i pretty much were like with my wife we said well you know what let's let's take a break from this and focus on the family but mm-hmm. three months later we say okay you know what let's go for another round so uh, back then, uh, I we decided to like race because we've been living here in the U.S. and uh, I wanted to. I know everybody with the U.S. team, U.S. triathlon team. So we decided to move to Colorado Springs and from California to Colorado Springs and train there to prepare for Tokyo. And uh, so we moved there uh, January two thousand eighteen. 
Mm. And then it was a great experience. One of the best experience in my life training at the Olympic Center with the rest of the resident team. Uh, it was a good experience, starting to enjoy the altitude and uh, seeing some results with the performance. And then in 2019, the IPC announced that my category would not be in Tokyo. So it was, it was, a, it was one of the lowest points in my life because... Mm-hmm. Uh, I moved my family there. I was like putting all my eggs in one basket. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so the funding stopped, everything stopped. So we had to either like move back right away to California or try something else. So uh, we tried uh, give it a shot to paracycling. So with, with the paracycling team, it was a really great experience with Sarah Hammer and the rest of the team there was really good. Uh, like in triathlon, we do swim, bike, run. We think that we know swim, bike, run, and also <laughs> cycling. But when you do just cycling, it's just it's another world, and especially track cycling that I've never done before. Uh, so I we we experiment a lot. I had some strength with 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 the kilo and the pursuit, and uh, it wasn't enough to qualify with the USA team. But uh, I got much faster. I learned a lot. And uh, we had another kids and uh, we had to move back to California just when COVID happened. Mm. And uh, I mean, for me, Tokyo was over, uh, no chance to go. But with COVID postponed uh, and I didn't have a chance to race with the USA team internationally at all, uh, the, the, the Moroccan team asked me if I want to race for them uh, in paracycling. And uh, so I went with Moroccan team because I I never raced with the U.S. and also uh, they know that uh, they they never had like any paracycling participation before. Mm. So it was more like a participation uh, in the Paralympics than anything else. So for me, it was more just to go uh, do my best. Uh, I finished tenth out of fourteen in the time trial. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with it. And uh, now came back from Tokyo. Uh, I started a new position here at Visa. And then uh, I was like not very hot because we didn't know if triathlon is going to be in Paris or not. But they just announced, announced that it's back hmm. again. <laughs> so they're playing with us, playing with our emotions a lot. Uh, yes. So... Uh, so right now with the USA Triathlon, I just joined the re, uh, the resident team, um, the hybrid uh, model. So I'm still in California training with the resident team and we're going to try to prepare for Paris. Uh, it's going to be very challenging. Uh, I'm getting old, I'm getting slow, but we are trying to uh, train uh, very specifically, work on my strength and weaknesses and uh, the experience that I have to to try to qualify and hopefully have a, a good performance in Paris if they not change anything. <laughs> hopefully not. If they just announced, if they just made an announcement, hopefully they won't they won't go back on that announcement. And and so what's what's the delegation size for Morocco that, to the Paralympics? Uh, so the well, Moroccan team is mainly uh, uh, track and field uh-huh. and uh, some weightlifting. Uh, I think total is like 29 athletes, something like okay. that. Yeah. yeah. So it's so really like, yeah. And also they have, they have a soccer team, like uh, the 
the, the visual impair uh, soccer team, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about yeah, the soccer component of that. And yeah. and you mentioned Visa. Um, one of the things that I, I I do I know a little bit about the program, and it's a great program that this the company has for Olympians and Paralympians. And and uh, and so what what do you what is it to you? What are you doing? And and uh, how long is the program? So the with Visa, yeah. With Visa, yeah. So Visa. Really, really good program for Olympian and Paralympian. Uh, basically, it's a six-month rotation for two years, and uh, minimum. So you can do one year or two years. But basically, you work. You are full-time employee at Visa. They know that you've been away from the workforce for wh- whatever years you have, and the only requirement is to be a Paralympian or Olympian and have a, a bachelor degree. And then the rest, they will take care of it. They will, the program will teach you. Uh, they, there is a lot of uh, uh, like learning pathway here within Visa. So you, the first rotation, they they choose it for you depending on your previous uh, experience. And then the rest of the rotation, it's it's a choice. Uh, mm-hmm. So you spend six months. Right, right now, I'm in a department called Business to Business uh, B2B Connect. So I'm learning about this aspect of Visa. Uh, I don't know yet for the, the following rotation, but I'm trying to get into marketing or global sponsorship with Visa. So, uh, so yeah, so you spend two years learning uh, from different teams. And then at the end, whatever you think you can, uh, you have a, um, a value added or you think you can do better in that department, you can uh, get hired in that department. So it's, it's really good. Uh, program for athletes who want to transition to the workforce. And uh, I, I recommend to all para-athletes to apply for this program. It's really good. They, they, there's a lot of tools to make it very uh, beneficial and make it an easy transition because we spend so many years training and when we decide to retire, we don't know what to do exactly. Uh, you want to be a coach or you want to be in the corporate world or you want to have an experience. So they give you this chance to spend two years. And if you like it, you can stay with Visa. If not, you can explore other things in life. And uh, I, I, I just think like it's a great opportunity. You get paid to learn. I think it's, it's a really good, good deal. Right, exactly. Like, like, a, like an apprenticeship, a paid apprenticeship where you just get to experience different uh, departments and programs within the company, yeah. and 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 you're and you're right. I mean the the when you're an elite athlete, you know you spend so much time training that you know most folks may not realize it. Elite athletes often don't have or uh, aren't able to have a, a a job because of the time and effort that's required to to put into the training to to be an elite athlete. But that being said, you still have uh, life lessons and everything that being an athlete. Um, uh, provides you, uh, to, you you bring that to the table. You know, you bring discipline. You bring uh, uh, even from you ingenuity and the ability to to adapt. And and all of those are skill sets that maybe athletes don't realize they can plug into a business or a company. Exactly. And uh, the program has been successful. It's been running for a few years now. And we have uh, like a senior cohort that we we have meeting with them. Uh, we share a lot of they 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 share with us a lot of their ex- expertise and advice and how to um, go about this program, and also like the U.S. Olympic Committee, they have a good program to help uh, Olympian Paralympian to prepare for this uh, 
for this position, like with uh, for the application, how to prepare for the interviews. And uh, it's I, I, I had a really good time. Like for me, I never went through like uh, like an interview process and they, they, they take me, they took me through this process. And uh, I really learned a lot through this process. I'm very excited about the future. So you're definitely managing a lot. You're managing, looking at 2024. You're managing it. You have a family and and a, a, a position with, with Visa. Um, I know that you have a website and how and and maybe you're on, you're also on some social platforms. If people just want to like um, connect with you, learn a little bit more about you, um, share your website, share some of your social platforms that you're on. Yeah, uh, website mohammedlana.com. I'm on Instagram also just mohammedlana. I recently joined TikTok and uh, trying to have fun with it. So it's <laughs> it's uh, it's like I feel like so so behind, but uh, so far is uh, it's a fun tool. Uh, so I'm on TikTok too, and uh, yeah, I'm trying to learn every day, keep learning, and uh, as long as 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 I'm alive. So that's that's a goal. Wonderful. Well, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thank you, Sean, for having me.